0: Good evening, everybody. Uh, this is the Cantastic once again from Milne Poly Matters uh, podcast. Uh, this is my first episode, and I'm very excited because uh, I'm doing a series on interviewing people who are running in the municipal elections in Ontario. For now, just Ontario, and I'm very pleased to be welcoming a young man by the name of uh, Will nudinoff He is a candidate running in the city of Richmond Hill. He's running for city councillor in Ward 5, and I believe he just registered as of last week around the week of May 2nd. So Will, thank you for uh, joining me this evening. Uh, How are you?
1: I'm very good. Thank you for having me. Uh, You know, uh, this is your first episode of uh, your podcast slash video series. And I mean, this is my first political interview as well, you know. I'm 19 years old, and I, I obviously haven't run for political office before. So this is an interesting experience for me as well.
0: Yes, ladies and gentlemen, he just freely let you know how old he is. He's 19 years old, and he's running for city councillor in probably one of the fastest growing cities in the greater Toronto area. So Will, why don't we start off? Why don't you just tell me about yourself a bit, like just, you know, personally, like we don't, we don't have to dive into deep politics right now. Like, I just want to know like you will who are you?
1: Right yeah that's a great question. honestly the question of who are you I mean oftentimes is probably the hardest question because it's it's impossible to know where to start. Um, so my name is will Husnudinov. I'm a resident of Richmond Hill. Uh, for most of my life I've been pretty interested in politics. Um, you know I used to volunteer on political campaigns uh, both parties really. Uh, and I, I just thought governance and politics and policy, it, it always really interested me. And I think that, you know, a municipal race, I mean, I know I'm not going to get into the policy or the politics of it, but I, I think this is, you know, a good opportunity for, for a young person, a municipal race. Um, other than politics, you know, I, I, do, I do sports. Uh, I'm a competitive uh, trampolinist or uh, formerly I have now retired I might go back I'm not sure um it's a very interesting sport and you know I a lot of my time has gone into that and I, and I really loved it uh in high school you know I I, I love politics as well honestly what I really love is local politics and local politics in 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 every instance like you know I love municipal politics and it's unfortunate that you know not a lot of people um you know observe it they're not involved but you know also politics on an even more local level like school politics you know I used to attend uh, parent council meetings even though obviously I'm not a parent uh, but I still attended because I love to you know understand the nitty-gritties of local politics even on the school level and you know that encouraged me to join a uh, student council and then to run for student council because I believe that you know all levels of government or I mean I, I guess you can't even really call student council a government but I mean on the local I mean, that's the most local you can get, and I I just love meeting people, talking to people about their issues, whether it be on a a grand scale or on a local scale.
0: Hmm, Okay, that's very interesting, and um, I think 19 is a little too young to be retiring from like active sports uh, event, no matter what it is, but uh, that's just me, but um, I hope maybe at some point you can get back into it, because it sounds really interesting. So you, did, you mentioned how you got started in politics and you mentioned you, uh, you know, worked on like both like two different parties uh, during uh, the course of your um, involvement. Like, And did you find uh, anything interesting that contrasted the parties you worked with? Like, were there any similarities or differences?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, in a democracy like Canada, I think parties, have more in common than they do apart. Um, I mean, I know they differ on policies, but I mean, when you get down to what these parties want to do is, you know, they want to change the city or the country or the province, or, you know, they want to remain the same. I mean, it's all about policies. Uh, and I, I don't find the two, two major parties, liberal, conservative, and even the NDP for that matter, to be to be too too ideologically different. I think mostly, you know, they fall pretty moderately even on the NDP. But I think volunteering for these campaigns taught me that it's 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 great to work uh, across party lines. You know, work uh, volunteering for the Liberal Party and volunteering for the Conservative Party taught me that you know, people have more in common than they do apart. And I think, you know, we need to work to lessen divides politically, because, you know, there's a ton of polarization. Uh, we, we mainly see it, you know, in the United States with the Republicans and Democrats, but, you know, political divisions still exist on the, in Canada as well, even on, you know, a nonpartisan municipal level, there's still, there still are huge, you know, semi-partisan divides. And I think working for these, or I guess volunteering for these two parties really taught me that we should be working together and we shouldn't Isolate ourselves in one party or another.
0: Hmm, that's very interesting because, yeah, I think in the municipal uh, arena, there there is that ability to sort of just build a broader coalition between people from different parties because you're not um, running under the banner of a party so, so much as a person. In effect, the person is an independent, really, really, and they can, mm-hmm. based on their own appeal, can attract a number of people. To their cause. So uh, for the listeners there, uh, for those of you who don't know where Ward 5 in Richmond Hill is, I'll just try to briefly describe it. I have the ward map in front of me, and I may post a picture of it later on when I put this podcast up on my letter. Um, So Ward 5 runs from Highway 7 to the south uh, to Bathurst in the west to Major McKenzie Drive in the north, and then to Bayview Avenue um, in the east, and then there's a bit of a sliver uh, that goes to Young Street. So it's kind of shaped like an inverted L. And why don't you tell me about some of the neighborhoods in Ward Five, because that's uh, the, the ward that you registered to run in.
1: Yeah, I mean we have a lot of diverse communities. You know, we have Richvale, uh, which is you know I guess you could call it a borough. Uh, we have a ton. I, I think Ward 5 is extremely diverse. There's there's a ton of different ethnic groups, cultures, uh, ages. And, and I think, you know, this, these cultures and these ethnicities living together is really, I mean, an amazing thing. Like this can happen, you know, it's great that we see this in a country like Canada where there are so many divisions. But, you know, on the local level, on the ward level, these communities work together and, and strive for for great things.
0: Okay, very interesting. Um, So let's get into uh, your candidacy a little bit. Uh, So you registered to run very early. Uh, I'm just Mm -hmm. checking the uh, city's website right now. Uh, You registered to run on May 2nd, which I think was the month to Monday. So the first day, so you were like one of the first candidates to register. I noticed that in over in ward one, there's a Carol Davidson who uh, registered to run as well. She, I believe she ran in last time in 2018 as well. She's also, I've seen her name before. She's part of the council accountability group of Richmond Hill. I don't know if you're familiar with that organization.
1: Yes. Yes. I am familiar. Yeah. I, I think she actually resigned recently. Oh, okay. Obviously probably to do this yeah, yeah.
0: so uh so I me- so you mentioned that you there's a number like you are very interested in politics but particularly for this council race like was there a specific reason why you decided to jump into council or was it just the broader thing you mentioned earlier about how you found municipal politics to be the more um important uh arena when it comes to uh what government can do for the people
1: yeah, I mean I'm running for city council because I really think that we need fresh ideas and new perspectives in Richmond Hill. I think our residents are faced with so many challenges like increased cost of living, increased traffic congestion, and housing affordability. And it's clear unfortunately that the incumbent term of council was not able to deliver on, you know, the much needed changes to our municipality. And I think that you, the residents have seen that. The residents of Ward 5 need a representative who isn't mixed up in the deep political and personal divides that haunt our city council. Um, municipal politics in Ontario are supposed to be nonpartisan for a reason. Councilors are supposed to work collaboratively to find solutions and we've seen that in this council particularly there are these unofficial political factions that should not exist on the municipal level that are incapable of seeing eye to eye and I want to join City Council with the attention, intention of building bridges and not burning them, because I know that we're only capable of moving in a positive direction if, we, if all sides work together.
0: Yeah, I think I know what you mean, because uh, from my observations of what's been going on at Richmond Hill City Council in the past year or so, uh, this really kind of started, I think, but it may have lasted long before when uh, Mayor Dave Bar- Barrow uh, re- resigned. Uh, after uh, he was on medical leave, and this sort of left council split in an even number. And I think this is what led to the sort of factionalism that you spoke of. Um, and and then and then there was a by-election uh, earlier this year that elected a uh, councilor, not former councillor David West to uh, the mayor's job. so that so I'm curious because uh, that left his ward for vacant and there was an appointment process. Um, like you, since you sound so eager to like join City Council, did you consider like applying for the appointment process first, or before you decided to run?
1: Uh, no, actually, I didn't consider it. I mean, I was of course aware that it was happening. Um, I think Councilor West, now Mayor David West, you know, was a great representative uh, for Ward Four, and I, and I believe that you know, in order to properly represent one's community, you have to be a part of it, right? You know, I'm not a resident of Ward Four, so I I don't feel like it would have been proper of me to go into uh, that seat. But even if the vacancy had been in Ward 5, I'm not confident that I would have even gone into that because firstly, I I believe that, you know, I should be elected by the people of Richmond Hill and of Ward 5, you know, because those are my constituents and those would have been my constituents. But I feel as though, even if I'd gone to the appointment, you know, there's a lot of uh, potentially, you know, backroom deals and you know voting might not have been you know it might have been in these factions again you know there could have been you know political divides like and i feel like you know i'm not you know ingrained in these you know political sides like i'm not a member of either side and you know that would have left me with not many votes in the appointment process
0: Hmm. oh interesting yeah because the appointment process you're right it is sort of really on an inside baseball kind of level thing where it's like you're, you're, you're campaigning for just like the eight votes around council rather than just the broader population. So uh, let's look at Ward 5 a bit. The current councillor, uh, um, I believe, is a Karen Silovitz. And um, now I, I have no idea whether she's planning to run again or not. So I don't know if this factored into your decision. But uh, obviously, as the... Um, nomination process rolls on uh, the deadline to register as a candidate is august 19th at i believe 2 p.m so obviously there will be probably more other candidates that will look into jumping into this race um so what makes you think you are uniquely qualified to be the city council for this ward um based on uh, what you bring to the table, like why should people select Will Hustadinoff over Karen Silovitz or whoever else to be to be their representative on Ward Five?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I've been a long time volunteer in the city, uh, and I volunteered for a ton of city led events, nonprofit led events, and I've served as a mentor uh, as a member of the uh, Richmond Hill Winter Carnival Committee for for two years. Uh, I feel as though serving the city is one of the most important things you can do as a civic minded resident, and you know there's a ton of local events that need volunteer and helping out is a great opportunity to meet with community members and leaders, and I feel as though I've done that. I've met with tons of community leaders, residents, and I feel as though you know meeting these people gives you a good basis of what struggles they face and what issues they think are important. And I absolutely understand, you know, I'm a young candidate. There are, there are tons of people more experienced than me. You know, I think that's a fair point. I completely understand it, but I don't think that there's an age requirement to be capable of representing your community and understanding the issues of your neighbors. My age doesn't stop me from experiencing the day-to-day struggles uh, faced by my community. And I feel as though, you know, these counselors or other people who may or may not run you know they may have more experience than me but what we've seen in this current council is that experience and age is unfortunately not an indicator of effectiveness in municipal government and i feel like i can bring fresh new perspectives that a lot of people potentially can't
0: yeah okay very interesting um so let's uh, move on to a bit about sort of like broader issues related to transit and housing. So Richmond Hill has a very unique, I think infrastructure project coming its way. It's that the Young North subway, it's uh, the plans are there. It's uh, the route has been established. I think the funding has been provided by the provincial government. Uh, Recently, there was a decision to use a municipal zoning order to um, allow a, a series of like very tall towers. Some of these towers look like almost 40 to 50 stories high. I mean, these are like, for I guess, for a town of Richmond Hill that's used to maybe just even mid rise buildings in their midst. uh, Looking at pictures of uh, renditions of this uh, proposed development, it looks something very futuristic and, you know, rightly or wrongly, very concerning to more established residents who might be concerned about. How this affects their quality of life in their own existing neighborhood what are your thoughts on this um this uh municipal min- ministerial zoning order being used to uh you know kind of approve this uh node i guess in this uh trends in this transit future transit hub
1: yeah I, i'm i'm very glad you mentioned that because i am very concerned um yes what you're referring to i guess is the emzo the enhanced ministerial zoning order and i Don't think that's an appropriate action to take um, because that basically circumvents every single municipal process that's already put in place. Basically, you know, the provincial government said we're going to circumvent, you know, the processes on on the municipal level and we're going to do what we want. I am aware that, you know, according to our constitution and the Municipal Act and everything that the municipality is virtually powerless against the provincial government. Uh, All it takes is an act of legislation, a ministerial zoning order and everything in the municipal government can be bypassed. And I think that's a very dangerous thing. Um, you know, the municipal level is the closest level to the people. In many cases, these councillors, these representatives, they're your neighbours, they're your colleagues, they're your friends. They're more capable of representing you than those at Queens Park are. So that's why these ministerial zoning orders should not be happening. All of, Everything that happens in regards to development should be Um, done through the municipal level, which is much more accountable than the provincial level. Uh, But in terms of these developments, um, I think we need to remember that the city of Richmond Hill is not the city of Toronto. Uh, And our goal as a municipality shouldn't be to copy everything Toronto does. Uh, Richmond Hill is not a place for skyscrapers or extremely high density, but I recognize that we can't have housing affordability if we refuse to build in the city. But we need to ensure that these developments happen with the residents' interest, interests in mind. These developments can't come at the expense of the residents. Building high-rises and, you know, tight-knit communities and established uh, communities, as you said, it's not going to help fix the housing supply. There's a plethora of developments which have already been approved to be have been built but are not being built. We need to ensure that those developments progress before we, before we approve any other developments. We also need to move from high density developments to the missing middle, medium density ones. You know, there's a shocking, shockingly little uh, medium density housing proposals, which would increase the housing supply while putting much less strain on our public infrastructure than, uh, than high density housing would.
0: I think, I guess, um you're going to have to find the balance between um, appealing to what existing residents can, I guess, accept and welcoming new residents because, you know, that's key is to be able to welcome new residents because that we have this affordable housing crisis that that some people I've talked to are proposing somewhat more radical solutions in terms of, I know you said you believe that municipal government is like the one closest to the people and they need to have some more say in what's going on in the local communities. And that makes sense. But then on the other hand, um, it seems that decades and decades of inaction and um, policy stalling has kind of led to this um, affordable housing crisis that we've reached at this point. So that's why you see these developments coming up in, in this transit area where there's this, this massive uh, buildup uh, build of condos because we just need to, like put in those numbers, right? But um, like, I don't know if you read the Affordable Housing Task Force's report recently that stated that there needed to be um, reforms in like zoning. Um, I'm hearing like conservative leadership candidates propose tying uh, funding for housing to, they need to like uh, reform their zoning laws or else they won't get the funding. Like, do you have any thoughts about like how, housing policy and zoning policy on a more national scale is being debated and how that affects Richmond Hill?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I really think that we need to strike a balance with all things. Um, You know, if we don't build houses and we don't develop and we don't change our zoning bylaws, you know, things will be stagnant, unfortunately. And I think that's a real problem because young people are, are leaving our city in huge numbers. You know, there's lack of affordability and there's lack of opportunity. And that leads Richmond Hill's best and brightest, leaving the city to go elsewhere, to go up north, to go down south, the United States, because there are unfortunately are just more opportunities there than there are here. And I think we need to ensure that we you know, have ec- economic stimulus and we need to ensure that we have affordable housing so that we can retain these bright and educated individuals.
0: Okay, uh, so we have, so we mentioned the Young North subway, like, let's talk a little bit about transit, um, you know, Richmond Hill is still, mm-hmm. despite uh, the, um, the BRT along Highway 7, and um, a more integrated bus uh, network through uh, YRT, you know, mm-hmm. this is a still a very car dependent uh, city, um, because of its suburban uh, nature, like, do you have any ideas, um, uh, locally, how uh, you can improve public transit in Richmond Hill?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I, I think that I mean, well, firstly, uh, you know, the YRT it's it's regional jurisdiction, but that doesn't mean that you know the municipality of Richmond Hill doesn't have any sway over what happens. You know, we have two regional councillors that you know should lobby on Richmond Hill's behalf uh, on the regional level. Um, I, I think transit is a big is a big issue because, unfortunately, because there aren't many opportunities uh, for employment for young people. Uh, they oftentimes have to commute uh, to the city of Toronto or other cities through, you know, the YRT and then and then uh, the TTC. Uh, and I think that puts a strain on 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 traffic. I mean, also a lot of them, you know, just drive cars to the city of Toronto, you know, which of course increases congestion. And there's also, you know, the environmental aspect of of a ton of cars on the road. I, I think that the best way to to go about this is, you know, have more local opportunities for people, because then, you know, we'll, we'll have a lot less commuters on the roads, which will, you know, alleviate a lot of the traffic congestion that we see already. And also, I think that, you know, if we finally uh, get the young subway line extension, you know, that will also alleviate um, a lot of traffic south of our border. Uh, and I think the city needs to do everything it can uh, to ensure that this happens.
0: Okay, um, I, this is a bit of a pet peeve question, but I had been uh, a bit of an advocate on something called ranked balloting or ranked choice voting. Mm. And uh, I've always told people that ranked balloting works better on a municipal level because you're all running as independents. There's no party label for people to help identify you. So um, if people have more than two choices that they're comfortable with to be the counselor. Then I think they should have the right to maybe rank in order of preference. This is the way it's been done on party nominations in the past. Uh, recently, the Doug Ford government canceled this proposed this um, ability for municipalities to do it. Um, I don't think Richmond Hill has explored this option. I don't. I'm just so I'm wondering if you are personally um, in favor or opposed, and based on your decision, like would you like to give a reason why?
1: Yeah, um, I think actually, Liberal leader Stephen Del Duca has that in his policy, and he said he would, I I think, implement on the provincial level if if it uh, if he wins. But I think on the I think ranked ballots, I think it's a really good thing because I feel like it's the most democratic way uh, of running elections. Because what we what we see now is you know many candidates they're not winning with a majority of votes. Sometimes they're winning with very small pluralities, Uh, and if people if, if candidates are elected that, you know, don't uh, represent a majority of the views, I think, you know, we have a problem. Uh, and I think on the municipal level, I, I, I definitely think it would be a good idea. Um, I, I do, however, think that it's something that's unlikely to pass on the municipal level, at least in Richmond Hill, because many of these incumbent councillors actually win with less than 50% of the vote. And so if ranked ballot would be implemented then, you know a ton of counselor, counselors would be unseated. So I, I highly doubt that many incumbent counselors would vote for it. But I think if we had ranked ballot, that would definitely open the door for more unique candidates, young candidates, ethnic candidates, and that would be something I would, I'm in favor of.
0: Hmm. OK yeah I I wouldn't think that counselors would like do something that would endanger their ability to uh, stay in office so yeah uh, that's uh that's something that's gonna be have to be uh looked into deeper in the future. so uh, this is my last question and um like if you're comfortable divulging this then um or not then just let me know. I'm just wondering like how what's your strategy for your campaign like uh you know You know, there is the door knocking, there is like the phone banking that we're all familiar with, but do you have any like unique ways of reaching out to the community? We have, you know, we didn't factor this in a few years ago, but now with the sort of a pandemic, uh, it's sometimes it's harder to reach people in person. Although things are starting to open up a little bit more and I think people are more comfortable going outside. Is there like, do you have a strategy or something that would be unique to you as a candidate in terms of reaching to people?
1: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Firstly, I I think on the municipal level, I think it's really unfortunate that those who spend and raise the most money end up winning. If you look back into 2018, nearly every single candidate who spent the most in our municipal elections ended up winning the election. And I think it's, it's a really bad thing that, you know, money is, is the, the huge factor that, that, that plays into who wins, wins municipal elections. And, you know, that really, that really doesn't help unique candidates with fresh perspectives because often, you know, they don't have these close ties with, with, you know, these interest groups who are willing to spend a ton of money. Like, for example, like uh, I'm friends with, you know, I, I I go to university, I have friends there, but these people have student loan debt. Like they're not capable of donating, donating a ton of money to me. And, you know, if, if I need, to spend the max to win the election. I'm in a terrible position, but I think perseverance, you know, hard work, being able to relate to the residents, you know, it's a great way to combat, to combat that. I mean, I'm happy to see that, you know, I think councillor, I mean, Mayor David West um, spent the least among the uh, incumbent counselors in the by-election and he ended up winning. So I think we're kind of seeing a shift away from money into more, you know, into, just being a good candidate and being a good counselor and being a good representative, uh, my strategy probably is, you know, canvassing and reaching out to as many people as I can. Because, I mean, that's the only way to really relate to people, right? You have to have conversations with them. You have to, you know, understand what their issues are. And I, I do understand that um, you know, we're just we're in a pandemic and, you know, some people may not be comfortable with that. And I absolutely understand that. That's why, you know, I want to run kind of a hybrid model. You know, uh, you know, I'll canvas, I'll, I'll go to door to door. But, you know, for some people who are uncomfortable, you know, there's still a capability of a phone banking, which I'll definitely utilize. And, you know, I think as a young candidate, I I'm, un- I'm uniquely positioned to use social media to my advantage, uh, I think that's a great way to reach out to the younger to the younger generation who often, you know, rarely participate in the election. And I hope that if they see a young candidate, they see I'm using these mo- modern methods of campaigning, you know, they 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 might give me their vote. And I really encourage them to do so.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I put myself on mute there for a second. Well, with that, uh, thank you very much, Will. And I um, uh, wish you the best of luck. Uh, you know, this is going to be a very interesting experience for you as a young person, I think, to run as a candidate yourself and not just not just being the volunteer part. And I think uh, based on what you've told me, you do have experience in doing this. Um, so you, uh, where can people find you? Because uh, do you have like social media? Do you have a website?
1: Yes, yes. Thank you so much for asking. So I can be found at WillForWard5. Anywhere, you know, willforward5.com, willforward5 on Twitter, willforward5 on Instagram, I can be reached out there. Uh, And I really encourage people, you know, DM me, tweet at me, you know, I love these interactions and and I love to hear what you have to say. And remember to vote on October 24th.
0: Yes, not uh, October 24th. Um, not the one. Well, also vote on June 2nd. So there's two elections this year yes, two for elections. everyone to remember in Ontario. So once again, this is Will Hustedinoff. He is running in Ward 5 for city councilor in Richmond Hill. And I thank him once again for joining me. And this is the fantastic from Minipoli Matters. Tune in uh, soon for hopefully future uh, episodes where I interview more candidates. Uh, and such. And i uh, looking forward to um, seeing every, everybody on the uh, hustings and uh, checking out what's going on in this uh, exciting uh, election season. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Thank you, Will.